पर listeners and welcome to Let's Talk Healing. I am your host Anna and today we are discussing education. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to our sponsors and to our wonderful guests that show up here every week, Sabah and Carol. But more than anything, I want to thank so much the healer, the amazing man, educator, teacher, crystal magician that this show is dedicated to every single week, Atana. Hello, Atana. Hello, wonderful being. How are you? Wonderful listener. How is everybody? I think we're all pretty good today. <laughs> and I know that I'm even better having a chat with you. Today, Atana, we're going to be talking about education and the way that it's changing and why it's changing and what we can do to help push it along even further. There's been such a shift in in education and how we learn. I mean, I was just thinking back to those visions of the 50s with everybody, their little neat haircuts, going off to school. I mean, this is we're talking about um, America here. I know that there's a lot of countries yeah. that children have come from where there hasn't been education. But the stereotypical Western education of packing your lunchbox, going to school, going to university, sitting down, learning at a desk, all of this has significantly changed. And where we find ourselves today is um, able to learn anywhere, anytime. And I wanted to just talk about the changing nature of the way in which we can learn and have learned and some of the benefits of that and some of the obstacles of that and how we can help as individuals and as healers to encourage the best possible education for uh, evolution as a species um, and also every single person on the planet. Oh, I'm really interested to see what what Carol and Saber have to say and you have to say about it. Also, like with uh, with having children in the school system and um, and and really moving forward, what I'm seeing is a lot more emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is more and more rewarded with uh, different positions, um, also with um, upgrading, also with going up the corporate ladder even. In the past, it was more like who was more stoic 
and uh, and just did exactly what they were being asked uh, and told to do. And now the more intuitive, the more emotional, intelligent people who actually took initiative and moved the cause for whatever it is that they were doing or what the purpose is of the work further and expanding it intuitively, they get more rewarded. And it's very interesting with the learning too. In the learning and teaching process, the first thing that we uh, really teach in the schools or that's being taught in the schools is how to follow order even if it doesn't make sense. And a lot of the... You know, and a lot of the indigos and the crystal children, they say, no, why should I do this? It doesn't lead me where I want to go. It's just a detour. Well, but you have to do it. That's the way. That's the plan. And in the past, they were really disabling the people in with their own intuitive, intelligent thinking. And they just say, well, just do what you're being told instead of, like, understand the, the concept and then apply yourself with your own intelligence and emotional intelligence to that. And we are now more than ever living in an ever-expanding world into the cyberspace. And even just think about the memory chips. They're getting like every six months, they're getting like doubled and tripled and quadrupled in memory, um, in, in what they can actually hold and compute. And so we are being asked now to go into frontiers that we that we don't even know yet, and we have to apply ourselves to these new areas in a new way, and so we are being more and more intuitively, emotionally, us to connect with that intelligent energy that's just out there and inside of us. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really I mean I sit back and I look at what is happening and I look at the way you know I can jump onto my smartphone tomorrow and pretty much learn anything information is everywhere and you know back in the I, I mean I use the 50s as that golden generation where we were all um, thinking about going to school, coming home, being good, doing exactly what the curriculum asked for and learning in one specific way. You know, you had to learn in a way that was the right way. And now there are so many different ways and we're expanding into such different, um, as you said, realms. I'm fascinated to understand, is that something that humans are doing or is this part of a bigger plan, Atana? I, just, I wanted to ask you that today, what you felt. Which which part? Do you think that humans are leading this education part oh. or do you think that there is a bigger plan driving that? Well, it's, education is always... Um, it's, it's very tribal. Just think about it in, in a family setting. In a family setting, usually in a tribe, the tribe wants the the offspring to learn, but not learning so much that they can make it without the tribe. It's the whole idea. So if you could make it without your tribe, then you don't need the tribe. Right? So right. there is always a self-preservation part involved in the tribal uh, setting. Um, for example, would you not want your children to be successful at 10, 12, 15 years old? Yes, why not? 
And of course, you want to make sure that they have the, the know-how and the experience and the intelligence and, and also the, the, um, the, the ripeness of life so that they know actually what to do and the wisdom of life so they know what to do with it. But at the, at the same time, if you, if you would be so effective that you wouldn't need your tribe, you, the, the tribe becomes obsolete. So in, in society itself, there's always a self-preservation involved and there's more transmitted and that might be tribal, that might be human, there might be even more involved because we're not being really taught right, of the, right from the get-go to have visualization towards our goals immediately. No, we're learning very practical, practical three-dimensional physical skills and we're not being really asked to develop what really matters. What really matters is how we hold emotionally, spiritually, mentally a focus on our breath, on how we can visualize without really having to do anything um, in physical matter or form, but actually visualizing the success and the goal and the end. Now, the computing and, and look more and more of the computing power. You don't really have to write down the numbers so much anymore. You go basically use your computer for that to get into the equation. Mm. Right? And in the past, mm. no, 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 you have to do this all. You have to compute this in your head. You have to compute this on paper. We want to see your progress. Now, if you have your computer, it can do all of this and then some and it kind of falls away. So it does develop with the time, but it still kind of keeps you focused on um, not making that quantum leap. The quantum leap would be basically, um, at the end of the day and often in the school, there's a lot of the things that we learned, they're not being really helpful. They're just being put in there so that we follow order, that we follow uh, that, yes. we, that we're becoming really good in following order instead of like being in that place where we are free, where we're free thinkers and then really get into a place of expansion. And if you look at it, very, very much most of the times, the people who were not confi confined to the system were the people who pushed the envelope. Yes. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I was just thinking about, you know, when I was a young child, we still had abacuses. We still worked off abacuses, which seems so, yeah. <laughs> so amazing the leap that we have made as a human um, kind from 20, you know, 40 odd years ago to where we are currently. It is amazing how far and fast. We have become with the use of computers, and it, it makes such a difference to the to different learning styles and how we have evolved with that. Mm -hmm. Where do you think the potential lies? Where do you think the possibility lies of learning? I feel us learning right from the get-go when we are very little, um, learning how to focus on breathing, learning on focusing on um, on keeping our mental state, our emotional state in balance, that potential is infinite because everything has been done with the first, very first step, envisioning that it can be done. And often, 
very often, I'm just thinking about Otto Lilienthal, who invented the gliding, the, fir the first glider in Germany in 1899. And he had to fly at night because the university professors came with their students and they basically stoned them in, at daylight when they were trying to do their, their research and actually their, <laughs> their planned glide. You have to understand, these are educated people, professors, they're telling their students to pick up stones and rocks and throw them. So, and and high, the most highly educated people sometimes are sometimes, ironically, the most ignorant ones when it comes to their own field of what is possible. Mm. Because they're occupying yeah, a chair. They're occupying a chair and they basically have to defend that chair of 100,000 other academics who come in and want to get their position. Mm. So a lot of the people become really good fighters where they're fighting off information and where a lot of information get lost into the cracks. And it's mm. very important to understand you think the academics, they, are, they have uh, the responsibility of bringing that and furthering it, but you look at Einstein, you look what he had to undergo, you look at anybody who pushed the envelope. They basically have been from Copernicus from go even back where the church said this is impossible. Uh, it's like the earth, um, everything turns around the earth, and now it turns out we are turning around, spinning around the, the, the sun. It's like mm. everything that we change is so very much still controlled by the church, um, by the establishment, and not just that, it probably goes higher to extraterrestrial uh, components that have an interest to keep humanity um, in control for whatever reason. Maybe they think we can't handle it with so much power, but ultimately just think about if we all would get movies out that are all only positive and there's no negative movies, no negative news, what would happen? You know, I mean, all these control forces, like, my God, everything, everything that's controlled right now would be uncontrollable. It's very interesting to even see how you can stabilize your thought process, how you can stabilize your heart, how you can stabilize your intention and your breath. And then you can basically every day, and we know by now, we're creating our own reality. There's people that live in war zones and they have everything that they love and desire. And there's people who mm. are in, love, uh, in war zones and they're dying. So there's everything everywhere. So if you can handle to keep a focus in your most controversial, most struggling environment, wherever that might be, and all the greats, all the great athletes that we have seen came from the wildest areas in life, and they managed in the slums, in the ghettos, where they came up, where they grew up, to keep that music, that focus, that sport alive, and even if you look at that new movie, The Pianist, have you ever seen that movie, The Pianist, where yes, he was just yes. in music all the time and everything became music instead of buying into the reality and, and seeing what his reality was. If you have the power to keep that focus of your reality superimposed on the reality that you're living in, then your reality is going to succeed, whatever it is. Mm. 
Well, thank you for that, Atana. We're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to bring back one of our lovely guests and we're going to talk further about this topic of education. Thank you. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna, and today we're talking about education. Um, this topic is inspired by things that I've been reading about education, how there are so many different ways to learn these days. And I was thinking when I was younger, there was the right way to learn. And we all sat down and we did rote learning and we had to learn about things that I still cannot see how they have actually helped me in my day-to-day life. And as Atana said, has now been replaced with the use of computers. And we really owe so much to computers. And I'm fascinated to think about where our species and humanity will go simply with the use of computers. I, I don't necessarily think that computers are going to overtake humankind, but we will become more and more enmeshed with being able to leverage the capabilities of computers and take our species to a a whole new realm of of learning, skill, and really ability to do so much more. We've got one of our beautiful guests here that is here with us every week, and her name is Saber, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about this education topic. Hello, Saber. Hello, would it be better if I sung that song, Hot for Teacher by Van Halen today? I'm hot for teacher. Oh, yeah. Speaking of education. I don't even know that song. You don't know Van Halen, Hot for Teacher? Oh, my gosh. I don't that. I'm going to go and I'm going to look it up after the show. I'm going to send it to you. So tell me, tell me, education. Um, thoughts on it, you've got kids that must be at school. What are you seeing? How are you comparing this to when you were younger? And where do you think all of this freedom of information and ability to learn anywhere, where do you think this is taking us? Well, thank you for introducing me and so glad to be with you all today. So thankful to be on the show. I love coming and talking with you all. So thank you for putting up with me every Thursday at 3. Um, I love teachers and coaches 
and professors. I love them, love them, love them. I'm giving them a shout out because they are on the front lines. And many of them are completely uh, not appreciated and not understood. And um, so thank you, teachers, for doing what you do. Um, I, I think that if we all would stop to think about not just what's going out there in terms of uh, curriculum in the classroom, but the environment that the children are in, the teacher that's actually teaching, the aides that are in the class. Um, I thought the other day, how much does this teacher make a year? Probably not a lot. And so I went and looked online, and for the area that I live in, it's like $38,000 a year. And I'm mm. thinking to myself, how can this person do this all day long and not worry about bills, not worry about uh, medical bills, home bills, or children's bills? Um, and then before you know it, we went out to dinner that night, and I see one of the teachers waiting tables at Outback, okay? And so we love Outback, but it's just like, are you kidding me? So this woman is working all day long, busting her ass, trying to help all of our children, and she has to work a second job to make ends meet. And that is not okay. And if your child is in a classroom with someone who is tired, worn out, they're going to feel it. And if there's someone like me, they're going to feel it even more than anyone else and it's going to affect them. And they're gonna get distracted, they're gonna be pulled from the uh, curriculum, pulled from the information, and then before you know it, the grades start slipping, the attention span starts going, and then the child is now brought to the sacrificial altar. Let's put them on Ritalin, let's put them on this, let's put them in this, and it starts from the top. So we have to really start taking care of the people that are taking care of our children. And that is, that is like number one. Why do we have to live in all of these big houses? You know, why can't we just live in a tinier house and start spending more money on our schools? Um, so I'm going to start running for a political office and uh, get that out there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just feel... <laughs> I sound like a politician today. But it is true. I mean, the teachers are amazing and can have such a big impact. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure we all, all remember our favourite teacher and what that person really meant to us. And I think it's that that person believed in us and showed us an aspect of ourselves that we were latent. We didn't know how to bring on ourselves and that person coached and encouraged us to see a talent within ourselves, a possibility, a potential, and that human connection to somebody else that sees where we can thrive and helps us realise that you don't, you forget everything else, but the way that person made you feel and helped to realise your full potential, that, that, that's a really special moment and that doesn't often happen in life. So those, you're right, Sabah, those teachers that help us do that, you know, they should be cherished and adored. Yes. yes. And, I mean, I'm always sending, and I'm not trying to, like, I'm just trying to show other people, and I'm talking about it now. I don't spend a lot of, a lot of money on myself. I put money aside for a couple of months in. I send the teacher a gift card. 
I give the bus driver a gift card. I give the coach a gift card, you know? So where as all this money's coming in, I'm thinking about me, me, me. No, I'm starting to think about they are watching my children all day long, basically, right? They're picking them up, taking care of them, cherishing them, loving them, teaching them, guiding them, supporting them. And it's just not right in my mind that uh, they're suffering. And I know they are because a lot of teachers, uh, I come from a long line of teachers. Both of my parents were teachers. My aunts, uncles, cousins. I mean, we have a whole, I'm like the weirdo, the only one that was in a teacher. Wow. Coach was, was a coach, but um, just never did well in school. Just, I mean, we're talking like 0.0 Animal House. Remember that movie Animal House when they're like, Senator Blutarski, 0.0 GPA. That's me right there. Um, <laughs> you know, like this is, she's like totally not into this at all. Um, and so I want to give another shout out to the people, uh, the indigos, the rainbows, the crystal kids that came here uh, starting in the 50s and they just kind of implanted in and started growing and uh made those roots so big that you can't deny they had to make changes to the school system. So we've got a long way to go. I mean, a long way to go. But there are so many beautiful things happening. There's a school up the street from me that is for children. I mean, I would have flourished at this school. It's for children with autism, learning disorders, spectrum disorders. Um, And it's just like, why don't we have these? Uh, intermittent with the public school system all over the world. It makes no sense to me. So you have to pay $45,000 to go to this school, which is completely bullshit, mm. right? So um, even though you mm. can get scholarships, it's just not right. Well, do you know what? I think, I mean, we can all say it. There is a real celebration of diversity um, you know, big discussions in boardrooms is about inclusion. That's just not women. That's all inclusion of, of differences. Um, and that, to me, is quite special. And I'm fascinated in understanding how the education system has to work with that because how do you then start teaching in, in such a broad way that is, is so inclusive? I mean, that, to me, is a really interesting concept as well. Yeah. I I think they need to bring, like, little by little, bring in special classes, right? Like, I remember years ago, I suggested I'd come up and teach the kids yoga. And you would have thought, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty forward town, right? You know, we're up on things and um, respecting diversity. And and they looked at me like I was crazy, right? And some of the Mm -hmm. people were kind of like, oh, well, you know, that's not my part of my religion and things like that. I'm like, this is nothing to do with religion. This is everything to do with, you know, healing your body and making good space for your your spirit to come in and learn and relax and so you don't have to be medicated. And so I just feel like if we kind of put things in, right, um, here and there, and when people have good feedback, right, they're going to start asking for more. But if we don't do it, then it's not going to happen. So uh, anyone who's listening to this, that so you have a special ability or one that you're passionate about that could be part of our school system and that will bring changes. Like, could you imagine a ton of coming in uh, every, you know, second Thursday of the month 
to teach it about crystals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be awesome, you know? And then Coach Saber comes in on Tuesdays, and we have tennis, you know? And then Coach Carol comes in, talks about meditation and yoga and, and mindfulness, right? I mean, the kids would look forward to that just as much as they look forward to gym and uh, physical yeah. ed. But mm-hmm. they're cutting those classes, too. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. cutting music, cutting gym, um, as you can tell, I'm, like, really passionate about this. This is something that needs urgent care. Um, so if Why are they doing that? Why are they cutting music and gym? Because of budget, budget uh, concerns. And I'm, you know, I'm just mm. like, really? You know, you're building this brand new school, but then you're complaining about budget concerns. You know, who cares what kind of school they're in? Give them more of what they need to be mindfulness. You know, not what's on the outside, what's on the inside is what we're trying to get to. Right. And I think we're still mm. connected to that system uh, as well. You know, let's put on a good face. Let's put on a, a, a strong outer core and then present it just like the buildings that they're putting all of us in. Um, but, you know, it's like it's like the, the church, the Catholic church. You know, they got all those huge buildings and all those paintings and all that stuff. They could help so many people if they sold one tenth of it. Right. Um, how many people mm. they could help? So I just feel like we all need to get serious about what I was saying before. It's like these huge houses we're living in. We don't have to be in those. And when I build Love Town, there's not going to be big houses. There's going to be awesome, cool, <laughs> medium houses with enough money so you can, you can have in your pocket and you can take care of your teachers and your family and not be stressed out. And that's what we need to get awesome. to. Yeah, yeah, woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering what the schools were going to be like in Love Town Saber. Yeah, well, we know. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to have to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to discuss that. What are the schools going to look like in Love Town? Stay with us, listeners. Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna. Listeners, the Atana method is a very, very special method. Atana has created this method so you can learn how to heal. It is basically a gift to all of us so we can heal ourselves, we can heal our friends, we can heal our animals, our families, 
and, and most of all, it is healing the planet. Self-healing is healing the planet. And that is why it's so important for all of us to learn. Atana backs up this healing with so many different support functions. He has got books, crystal stores that are, you know, I've only seen them on, on social media, but they look incredible. And I have so many of his beautiful crystals in my house that help me and support me on a daily basis. Atana has mantras. He has uh, education that you can buy off the internet and learn in the house. You can go to his medication classes. You can book in healing sessions with him or somebody like our next guest, Carol, who we'll introduce in a minute. But the best and easiest way to find Atana is just to Google his name. It is not a common name, so you'll be able to find him quite easily or you can go to his website, atanamethod.com. His work is incredible and it's changed my life and I'd, I'd love for as many people as possible to, to also reap the benefits. We have, as I just mentioned before, a beautiful guest that is with us every week who is also a Tana Method healing practitioner and her name is Carol. Hello, Carol. Hi, Anna. Hi, Atana. Hi, Saber. Hello, everyone. Hmm. Atana, um, we are very, I was going to say Atana, we're blessed to have Carol with us every week. And I, I, I say, I've, I've said it so many times, but Carol, you make things so simple. You make this world of healing, which sometimes can be extremely, um, it, it can be complex because the, the thought behind it is so huge and so vast. And you, you seem to have this very, special ability to break it down and, and make things simple and practical and, and that's why it's a pleasure to have you on here every week. But this this topic of education, I'm quite fascinated in the way it's shifting and how rapidly it's changing now. I guess Atana and um, Saber really launched, had two different topics that they were talking about, but one thing that's come through is that the technology has really advanced our ability to learn how are you seeing that show up in your patients? You know, are you seeing different patients that you did all those years ago? Are people more educated generally about things or are they less educated? And how does that affect people's healing, if at all? Well, first, I want to, I want to bring up that, you know, when you look at our academic system here in the United States anyway, um, it's really all about how to place limitation and ensure that the limitation continues. Like that's what's interwoven into everything. And and so it ties in nicely with what we do with our healing because one of the main things that we're here to remind people of is that they are unlimited. But as we all went through our school system, we were told again and again about limitation. Here's where you should be limited. Here's where we have limitation constructs. Here's, you know, all of this. And I love how, <laughs> I love, Saber, that you were 0.00 because you and I are such beautiful, you know, ends of, of everything, you know, uh, the other side of everything. Um, so I was the student who was like, oh, good, put me in a nice box. Tell me where all the lines are and I'll be sure <laughs> to stay inside them. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, um, it's, that's why it took me so long to, to come, uh, to the awakening and through the awakening process because I was like totally like, Hey, I'm like nice and safe inside my box and inside my lines and inside my limitation. This is what, um, I was taught with, you know, and this is what I know. And so if you look at our whole, at our whole system, you know, like, we have different the the whole budgetary system for um, education is different from state to state in our country, and so I grew up in one state where the the money for the school systems was basically funneled through the state and then out into all the schools from the state, and then I moved into another state where the money for the school systems was generated within each county, within each local area. And so then it it, it was interesting to look at the difference between those two different kinds of things because then, like in the second state, it's like, well, then if you have a lot of money, then you can pay your teachers more and you can have better schools and you can have better opportunities for your kids. But if there aren't very many people in the county and they're not generating a lot of... um, tax revenue, then there's less opportunity and there's less schools and the teachers don't get paid as much, you know? I mean, it's like, so where's the the balance in there? And all that does is reinforce limitation, you know, like there's not enough money, there's not enough resources, there's not enough, there's not enough. And um, so, you know, what Atana was saying about, you know, if you can at the earliest level bring these young children into focusing on their breath and being able to envision like the beauty in that is that teaches them to go beyond the limits. You know, every time that they want a breath, air is available. It's unlimited. And every time that they go into their imagination, into envisioning that there's no limitation there. It's like the only kernel of or the only um, connection to unlimitedness that that kids sometimes can have available to them in that structured system. And um, so, you know, when it comes to, like, the people that that are coming to me, my clients, it's very interesting for me to to learn about how they learn. What is their learning mm. style, you know, right? Like... Are they are they a creative person and they learn through pictures or are they somebody who's more structured and they like to be analytical about it? And that's one of the things that my other career before energy healing helped me learn how to work with is the learning styles of, of different people. And even as a country ourselves, you know, back in the 1800s when we were forming our academic system, everybody learned through auditory processing. And even reading mm. is an auditory processing um, uh, technique. So it, the, the entire academic system was founded on auditory processing. But by the end of the 1990s and the beginning of the 2000s, 80% of the children going through our educational system were visual processes. And so, 
you've got square peg round hole here because you've got a system that's wanting children who are processing visually, forcing them to process in an auditory way. And mm. some of the children could adapt their abilities and say, oh, okay, I don't really want to do it that way, but I can play along. And some children just couldn't. It's like, I don't even know how to approach that. And um, and then they were the ones that, you know, were getting lost in the system or, well, then we better, you know, put you on medication or something. And um, interestingly enough, one of the things that's, that is in this visual processing, there's a type, there's two types of visual processing. And one is when you have motor access to visual processing. And, and then you need movement, whether movement is in a picture or in your physical body. And it's, those are the kids oftentimes that um, have the hardest time in this auditory, in this imposed auditory processing system. And that's when I, I just love those classrooms that have those um, chair balls, you know, like the, have you seen those where um, the kids sitting on the chairs, like those desk chairs that are really balls? And that, the motor access visual processor kids, that would be like a godsend for them because, yeah, because when they're moving, <laughs> yeah, when they're moving their body and they can be like moving their body even while they're sitting at their desk, that's actually integrating their system. That's, that's how they integrate the information. If we could have given yeah. Saber one of those balls if <laughs> she was in school. <laughs> You know, she you, might have been, you might have been amazing, Saber, if one of those balls. Well, well, listen, well, listen, Carol is, is, is so good because somebody did give me a ball, a tennis ball, and it saved my freaking life. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, carried me, it carried me through, right? So right on, sister. There you go. Yeah. It's fascinating, Carol. I, I wanted to also make um I'm in between you and a saber I wanted to be really good and I wanted to be the best and all of that but I couldn't so I couldn't learn the ways that a normal kid learned and I and then I used to beat myself up about it and then I was told all these different shocking things by the teachers that I didn't try hard enough or this or that and you know it turned out that I had dyslexia but that is where then a lot of the wounding comes when you know rather than just accepting the fact that you have a different way of learning and I am a bright person and I've run businesses and I've sold businesses and I uh, you know I, I'm far from anything but dumb but, but that is how that system made me feel do you find that there's a lot of people that you work with that have had wounding from that learn from those early years of education oh, definitely yes yes for sure and that's you know and that's where that limitation is right because like your teachers or the system you know was saying this is these are the limitations you have to you have to move yourself into these lines in between these lines these are the limitations and if the limitations could have been lifted and if the education system could could recognize and meet the students at where they process and how they process. Yeah, we could. Everyone could flourish. And I do. I have. 
I have adults who are, are coming to me right now that are are finding out how deep those wounds were and um, becoming to learn, you know, like how how they how it changed the course of their life, right? Like not recognizing um, that they learn differently, but still trying to conform and you know be the good little conforming citizen um, or member of the tribe. You know how they, they were every day getting up, having to be somebody they're not really. You know, just yeah. being somebody that, that they're told they're supposed to be to fit within the lines and in the limitation. And so they're they're realizing now that there's so much more than what they were taught to be in that limited way. And that's what the energy work is moving them to do is to like find that and and really tune into how it is that they process and how it is that they can learn and and understand and and bring their own self-teaching in, their own self-healing and their own self-teaching so that they can connect to their unlimited in their own unique way. Mm, so good. We're going to have to go to a quick commercial break and when we're going to come back and we're going to speak a little bit more about this topic of education. Stay tuned, listen. Welcome to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna, and today we've been discussing education. Atana, we've just been speaking to Carol a minute ago, and she was um, talking a little bit about her experience with people and then coming into healing. And, you know, I, for, for one, have had that early education experience in my life created enormous amounts of shame for me and um, poor self-esteem because I, I couldn't fit into the system that was expected of me. I couldn't learn the ways that um, my educators wanted me to learn. And there was a lot of shame put on me that I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't fit into that box. And really that then set up a pattern or a program for so much of my life and, and it, it um, then became the forum from which I entered into relationships with people and the jobs that I took and so much. And I can see the correlation now. And, and then 
part of my adult life and the way that I've come to this healing process is through the healing journey. And and now I don't have those those programs still in my body. I mean, I'm sure I always work on those with my healing. You must have a lot of people come to you and to this work and feeling very less than their full potential. Can we just talk a little bit about how your work helps these individuals to become more empowered? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, specifically with the learned um, programs that people already have from their past, you know. Yeah. Uh, some people come to me um, and they they really mean they're wanting to fully engage as well into the teaching. And this is a really, uh, this is a different multidimensional way of um, of learning and teaching. So in my in my and, classes, go ahead. No, no, I'm, 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 I thought you were pausing, but tell us a little bit about that. In your classes, you what? Can you hear me? What? Yeah, I can hear you. What do you do in your classes? Uh, in my classes, I'm teaching energetically. Um, a lot of the times that uh, when people start to go into energy work, they have to know also, they have to experience energy work as a real experience, um, as an energy transmission, so to speak. Because you can, as we're talking even about energy work, it's very easy to talk about it. But when you experience energy work and the actual experience of the energy transmission or the energy work itself, it's so multidimensional, it's so multi-layered that it has a very deep impact in, into our energy field, into our body, into the state that we are in, and how it also influences our, our harmony and balance in the moment easy to say oh energy work but when you when i experience energy work even if i do energy work on myself it is so powerful it is so uniting it's so connecting it's so reminding me of my source that it's so multi-layered the experience um just from the from one of the dimensions just feeling whole again just feeling connected with source um and being connected and being in balance and being in your independent, healthy energy flow as you are connected. Just these two aspects are so powerful. And then the recovery, the recharging experience that we feel, the, the knowing, the deep knowing and the feeling of being recharging, it's so powerful. And then I have visuals. I clear, I help people clear subliminals because we're being exposed to subliminal in influences that make us um, actually counterintuitively uh, work against our own source. And these are embedded mm. in media, these are embedded in movies, these are embedded even in uh, subliminal commands. And um, these are all things that we have to understand are have to be cleared so that we really can feel and see what's happening in the reality of life, because we are constantly exposed to some form 
of uh, interference. In my classes, mm. I help people get out of that interference pattern so that they can actually start to listen and look at, at the world as it really is. And sometimes it's intense, and sometimes people are super excited about it. The first, I say, the first, the first time I see really what's happening. Mm. Yeah, I mean the the work in itself, I find amazing because it shifts that paradigm as well of, and so many healers. I mean, even in the past that I have tried to connect with, it's all about them healing, them healing you, or them being the healer but in yeah. your work as well you teach that that healer is in every single one of us that is a latent potential in all of us and we can help each other and sometimes you need a healing session to get to a layer that you struggle to find in yourself just like that fantastic heal teacher that you might have had at school helped yeah. you realize that that was there but this work empowers everybody that is a really different way of learning because a lot of people have taught but that is that are they're not powerful. But that are that they need to be healed. They can't yes. heal themselves. Very true. Very true. Because I know that everybody is connected to their own source. I know there is divine essence. You can call it God or the universe or however you want to call it. And when you get that person connected with their source. They are the most powerful being they can imagine because they have full access to all that consciousness, to all of that awareness. And we're all on different levels of how clear our channels are. And the clearer, clearer our channels get, the more we can express our divinity and the more can we can support others on their journey. And by supporting, I mean reminding them of their fullest potential and it's different when it's different when we start out on the journey. It's not like, oh yeah, um, you know, I just have all the, I I just know everything and that's it. No, there has to be some infrastructure, and there has to be some understanding of the of the greater complexity of the universe or the multiverse, and then there has to also be a patience with it. I mean, the the journeys that all the sages went through. Um, some woke up very early, and, and like Buddha, for example, he had a long journey and a long focus in front of him until he got there. And once he got there, the only thing he wanted to do is to share it, to share it and to teach it and and give uh, give people tools and instructions how to get there. Now, we can argue how strong, how powerful is his awakening rate under these millions and millions of followers. Uh, or billions, you know, how how many people are really are enlightened? How effective is your teaching? And so we're all on our journey. And as we are moving forward, the, the main key is that we remember that we have all the potential already embedded in us or that we have access to it. And at the same time, we have to connect with the overall development of our systems, of our being. Mm. and continue to move on and continue to develop ourselves. I'm fascinated to see where this is going to go because 
this awakening process in each of us, which you are helping spread this message. This is an incredible healing journey. This is also going to affect the, the information that we put out there, the creations that we put out there, the way we teach, the way we encourage our children. It, it, yeah. it has to affect everything, of course. Absolutely. Mm. I'm just aware that, you know, we we have had such a beautiful chat today that uh, the um, time is ticking through. And I, I just wanted to, there's a couple of events coming up and I just wanted you to share those with us, please, Atana. Yeah, we have a um, Saturday clinic that I'm going to do energy balancing and energy transmissions. Um, I'm going to give everybody who is going to come in Saturday um, to the clinics um, an energy session, energy balancing, and um, also transmissions. And um, who, uh, whoever comes, everybody's going to get, um, whoever, whoever comes in gets, uh, gets to get a session. And I know Carol. Yeah, I know Carol has also a um, an expo coming up Saturday. I think it's Saturday Sunday in the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. If you uh, want to come by, um, definitely get a session from Carol. She is offering um, sessions for for a really good deal. Carol, what what are you offering? Uh, yes, so thirty minutes for thirty dollars. A pretty good deal. Oh, wow. All right. And we know Sabre is offering something full-time. What is that, Sabre? It's free love, baby. Free love. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful to have all these wonderful beings here with me. And I'm super, super grateful to have all these wonderful listeners. BBS Radio and having Don with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anna, take it from here. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners. I hope there has been something in this conversation and conversations today that have inspired you or you're wanting to hear more about. As I said, you can find all of Atana's work on atanamethod.com or just Google his name and, and everything will come uh, that you will need. So thank you for listening in. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our guests and also to our amazing, gracious um, person that this whole show is dedicated to, and that's Atana. Uh, So we will see you all and speak to you all next week. Bye-bye.